You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome back to the Light Forge Podcast Festival of Legends card review. This is Adwita, and all of these scores are Murps approved, uh, but Murps is not here with us. Um, if Murps were here with us, he would talk about how BS all the priests are and how priests have the most ridiculous things and how they can't be good in the meta and if they were ever good in the meta, the meta is terrible. So let's look at what ridiculous cards they printed for priests this time around because you know they always have them. Uh, the number one card for priests for this expansion we think is Harmonic Pop. Six mana, Holy Spell. Deal three damage to all minions, summon a 6-6 six, six pop star. That's right. This is pretty much the same thing as Abyssal. It's a 6 mana, 6-6 six, six that deals 3 mana to everything. Except Abyssal was 7 mana. And, and was a totally ridiculous card. This one is 6 mana. And is a totally ridiculous card. Now, it does swap each turn. So it only does this half the time. The other half the time, it deals 6 damage to all minions, and then summons a 3-3, which is ridiculous in its own right. So you're either basically hard removing everything almost, and then putting a 3-3 out there, or you're playing an Abyssal Enforcer for 1 mana less. This is really, 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 really insanely, insanely good. Now, the problem with this card and why it's not an S-tier card, this is a A-plus tier card, by the way, so almost an S-tier card. Right, A plus. It's also what we gave uh, Disco Mall. It's like so close to an S tier. Um, and you may think it is an S tier card, right? Uh, but the reason it gets held back is because the swaps each turn thing really does hurt it. Like when you want to abyssal enforcer the board, you you really want to abyssal enforcer the board right now, not like wait a turn. When you want to like deal six damage to everything, you can't wait a turn. You're dead if you wait a turn. So there's like a 50% chance that this card is not doing what you wanted to do at the time that you needed to do the things that you needed to do. Uh, and that's what's holding it back. Um, otherwise, just the, the, by the numbers, it's just a ridiculous card, right? Like who makes a card that's 6 mana, 6-6, six, six, and then says, oh, by the way, we'll throw in an effect that should be like a 3 mana card in and of itself. Or I guess 2 mana card these days. <clears throat> Wait, no, it would be a 3-mana card. Yeah, it's like Hellfire. Um, yep, anyway, that's Harmonic Pop. It is a rare Priest card. The other ridiculous cards for Priest... We're not done yet. Uh, the other ridiculous cards for Priest, there's two more A-tier cards, but luckily they're both epic. So we can just go over them quickly here. Uh, first one is Heartthrob. It is a 3-mana, uh, 2-5 Undead, so on curve. And it has Overheal. Overheal is this new ability that's also in core now for Priest. And it means this happens whenever you heal this minion above its health. Like above its max health. So Overheal. Summon a random minion with cost equal to the amount overhealed. So if you use a hero power on it, you know, what the turn you play it, you get an extra 2-2. Two -two. That's pretty good in and of itself. But the priests also have a lot of like just kind of incidental heal everything like kind of cards and or abilities that's attached to minions that you'll just end up in your deck. 
And there's also some neutral cards that do that. And so whenever you pair it with a synergy, all of a sudden you get like an extra 3-3. Three, three. Um, so this card, because of its synergies, gets quite ridiculous. Um, and even without the synergies, just the hero power makes it pretty good. Every turn, 2 mana, 2-2. Two, two. After the Heartthrob, the other card is Fight Over Me. Here's another A-tier spell. 4 mana, Shadow Spell. Choose two enemy minions. They fight. Add copies of any that die to your hand. So ideally, this could hard remove two enemy minions for 4 mana while adding those cards to your hand. That is super duper 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 good. So why is this not an S-tier card, right? That's always the question. Like, when you first look at this card, it just looks super ridiculous. This is not an S-tier card for the very simple reason that there's more setup than you think. Right? Like, when this card hits, it hits big. But you do need at least two enemy minions. They have to be able to kill each other. If only one kills the other, it's not like the end of the world, but this card gets a lot worse, right? Like, imagine if your opponent had a 5-5 and an 8-8. This card all of a sudden kills the 5-5, deals 5 damage to the 8-8, so it's still an 8-3, and then you get one card into your hand, which is that 5-5. Like, is that a good card? Yes. Yes, that is still a good card. But is that, like, an S-tier card? No way. Not even close. So, you have to wait for the right conditions to appear. And generally, your opponent is not going to be putting out like two 8-8s. Eight uh, they might, but that's, that's going to be a tough, uh, a tough conditional. So, it, it's a card that generally needs a little bit of help or is very situational to get its max value. You will find that you are not playing this card as actually two hard removals, and then get both of those cards into your like uh, into your hand. Um, that's that's not happening. Uh, but but yeah, but it does have that potential, and even when it doesn't hit that potential, it's still very good, right? That's why it's an A tier card. All right. Now that we're out of that epics, uh, priests have some uh, some lesser good cards, but are still decent. Let's look at Power Chord Synchronize. Power Chord Synchronize is a two mana spell, holy spell. Choose a minion, add a copy of it to your hand. Finale, give both plus one plus two. So it's a plus one plus two buff for two mana that also adds a copy of that minion into your hand at a buff rate, assuming you hit the finale. Um, that's good. Uh, it's a, it's a B tier card. Um, the, you, you do have to use it with the finale. Unless you're copying, like, the most ridiculous minion that you have to have. Like, one of your, like, win game kind of minions. Where you're like, I don't care if I hit the finale or not. I just really need this minion. I can't afford to let it die, potentially, next turn. Uh, and then you use it even though the mana doesn't fully add up. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good card. It's common. Um, okay, uh, next is Shadow Chord Distort. This is a rare card, 3 mana shadow spell. 
Give a minion minus five minus five. If it has zero attack, destroy it. So this is what should be a three mana uh, hard removal that is not hard, right? Like you don't really want to play it on anything that you're not killing. So it's a it's a three mana conditional uh, destroy minion. Assassinates are four mana. Um, I don't know if they bump it down to three mana yet. Maybe they have. Uh, I forget. They reduce the cost of a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of uh, removals. Um, but this is a conditional three mana removal, so it's not as good as like yeah. Someone in chat said hex. Yeah, hex is three mana now. Um, but hex is like they view hex as not as good as assassinate, right? Like remember back in the day, hex used to be three mana and assassinate was five mana because you're supposed to be giving your opponent a O one taunt and that's supposed to be a really big deal. Um, now they've kind of like come around to like, oh, the actual ability to silence at first is like super duper duper good. And Hex is usually like better than an Assassinate, not worse. Um, but, uh, but still. Either way, Shadow Core Discord, a uh, Distort, it's a removal that doesn't fully remove. Um, I mean, it should fully remove. You should only use it to fully remove. But as a backup, you can actually just make the minions smaller i guess okay so those are where the priests are, are have good cards here's the thing with the priest now though priests also got two pretty bad cards um they're not unplayable and they're not undraftable but they're not good and they are going to dilute the pool priest is going to be the one that dilutes the pool uh the most Probably alongside Paladin, because Paladin's diluting the pool with Boogie Down is like an almost undraftable card. These Priest cards are not totally undraftable, but they're bad. So you're going to have a little bit of trouble with uh, with both of these classes in terms of their consistency of card quality. Um, but before we get there, one more card. This is D+, so this is like a little bit below a Yeti. Uh, it's a rare card, Dreamboat. Dreamboat is a 2-mana 1-2 Naga, Battle Cry, Restore 3 health to all for other friendly minions. See, Incidental Heals. Uh, gain plus 1, plus 1 for each one overhealed. Um, so, uh, so yeah. You, uh, you have to, it synergizes with, uh, with the overhealing. Um, but it is not a 2-drop. Like, that's the main problem with this card. If you, uh, if you try to use it as a as a two drop, you need a one drop that is uh, that can be overhealed. Otherwise, it's a, it's a card for later, and you need a bunch of stuff on the board for it to really get its value. Uh, and that's hard for priests to do generally. But uh, yeah, it's a D plus. The uh, more dilutive cards though are the following two cards. These cards are common; they're going to be offered a lot. They have the offering bonus to it. And uh, they just don't do a lot. The first one is a uh, location, fan club. One mana, two charges, restore three health to all friendly characters. Like, it's fine. It doesn't even need to be a synergy card. Like, you look at it and it's obviously there to do really good work with uh, overheal synergies. But even if you could just get stuff injured and add stats back, this is one mana for eventually, like, potentially a lot of stats. Uh, the problem is that you do need stuff on the board to be hitting other stuff and whatever for this to do anything at all. 
so it's pretty situational and in arena especially you're not really in control of how the board ends up going and the other dilutive card is idol's adoration this is the priest's weapon it is a one mana o2 weapon and it says your hero power costs zero after you use it lose one durability so it's essentially one mana for four for four mana eventually uh, up to two on this turn and two later and uh you can only use it for hero power so yeah if you're ever about to use a hero power you can always use the idol's adoration so your first hero power costs one mana instead of two <coughs> and then you get your next one for free it's too slow of a trickle of mana it's too conditional for it to like really do anything um it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's the mana manipulation and like the ability to pay that one mana up front and having zero mana hero powers works really well for priests, especially with overheal. Um, but all that stuff takes a lot of setup in arena and uh, you're probably, and in the early turns too, you just won't get that consistency for this to actually do its job. Okay. So that is Priest. Um, there is two uh, legendary cards as usual. The minion is Heartbreaker Hedonis, which is a four mana, four eight. Battlecry deal four damage to this minion. So it's a four mana, four four really, but with four healable uh, health um, and overheal, deal five damage to a random enemy. Not random enemy minion, but a random enemy. So you really, really, really want to overheal this. If you don't overheal this, it's quite bad. Uh, but if you do overheal this, it's quite good. So it ends up being a D plus. It's just whether you can synergize enough with it. Without the synergy, four mana four fours would be a D. All right, and the spell, uh, the legendary spell is Love Everlasting. Love Everlasting is a three mana holy spell. Your first spell each turn costs two less. Lasts until you don't play a spell on your turn. I don't care if it lasts forever. <laughs> like, this is not an arena card. This is an F. Uh, so, yeah. That's Priest. You have Harmonic Pop. And that is going to... Oh, that is going to cost so many problems. Um, luckily it's a rare and not a common that's about all you can say for it but hey caverns was a rare too and look how many problems caverns cause um, so I don't know it's priest it was never going to be good like it was never going to be well designed let me rephrase it I don't think there is a way to have good des priest design in the arena uh, at least they're focusing more on the healing side I felt like that's always the only possible healthy uh, thing that priests could do. Buff health and then heal. Uh, everything else, it's just, it either doesn't work in arena at all or it's too powerful when you give it to the priest. Um, the dilution is going to help though. Like overall, between the fact that uh, the, their most powerful card, Harmonic Pop, uh, which is almost an S tier card, is a rare card, and that their common cards kind of suck. Um, it is a D, a D, and a B. I, I don't know that they're going to be very powerful overall, but if they do get powerful, um, it's, it's going to be bad for everyone. And that's usually the case with the Priest. Alright, that's it for Priest.
Next up, Rogue. Welcome back. This is the Life Force Podcast. Uh, we are doing the Festival of Legends card review, and we are on to Rogue. Um, first card. Let's just jump into it. First card. If a Rogue is an epic card, it is Breakdance, one mana shadow spell. Return a friendly minion to your hand. Summon a dancer with its stats and rush. Okay. So let's break down what this card does. This is this is kind of a head scratcher. It's an epic card. And what it does is it takes the minion, replaces it with the same stats and rush. So if the minion does not have like a divine shield or an ability like a death rattle or an ability or whatever, then it's just giving the minion rush. So for most minions, it can be read as give that minion rush and then add that minion back into your hand. So uh, it is only one mana, very easy to play, and it is a very, very good way to duplicate cards that have really good abilities or just like super good cards. Like whatever your best minion card is, as long as it's not a Death Rattle or Divine Shield, Reliant or whatever, uh, you play the card, let its Battlecry do its thing or whatever, uh, then you give it Rush so it can actually go hit something, and then you get that card back into your hand. It's just good. Uh, it's epic, you won't see it that often, but it is an A-tier card. After this, you have a B-tier card for Rogue. The B-tier card for Rogue... Uh, sorry, a B-plus tier card... Uh, mic drop. Mic drop is three mana. Draw two cards. So like arcane intellect. Finale. Give your weapon plus two attack. So rogues now have arcane intellect, which is not a good card, and no one cares. But then for the finale, you get to draw. Uh, you get to give your weapon plus two attack. Now giving your weapon plus two attack on the dagger makes it into a fiery war axe. So that is quite a big deal. And this is three mana, and your dagger is two mana. So what do you do? You dagger on two, you mic drop on three. And all of a sudden, you have created a fiery war axe, which means that you don't actually lose tempo. You lose some face damage, but you don't actually lose tempo, and you've drawn two cards. Now, you don't really want to do that. Like, I get that that's kind of the setup, but why would you be drawing two cards in the early like, the bonus of this whole thing is that you draw two cards. And in Arena, you drawing two cards on turn two and turn three is, like, just not a big deal. So, it doesn't quite fit with the whole Arena thing. Um, but whenever you do want to draw two cards, the giving your weapon an extra attack is... It's, it's meaningful, even if you're just throwing it face. So, it's a B plus. It's a pretty good card. It just does a lot of stuff. I don't know how it fits, right? Like, it's just kind of awkward. But it's a common card. You're going to see it a lot because it just has enough power. And uh, it'll give the rogue some uh, some sustain. Uh, next up are some B-tier cards like Disc Jockey. Disc Jockey is 2 mana, 4, 1, mech, and a beast. Combo. Add a random combo card to your hand. You are not playing this without a combo. And never in this game will you be like, I really need to spend two mana for a 4-1. And I don't care if it costs me a card. Because combo for on a two mana card means you can get it out like very easily. 
So you always play with the combo, and you get a random combo card, and then you drop a 4-1 on the board. Like, it's fine. Um, and next card is Beatboxer. This one's a rare 3-mana 4-3 on Curb Mech. Uh, combo, deal four damage, randomly split among all enemies. This includes the enemy hero. Um, I don't know. It's fine. It's a B. It's the average card in your deck. You don't have to play this as a combo, because the combo is four damage uh, among all enemies, including your opponent's face. So, like, it's still good. You, you see a lot of these, like, deal a lot of damage. And you know what? Rogue is looking a lot like Mage. Like, old Mage. You're giving it Arcane Intellect. You're giving it these cards that are like, oh, deal damage split amongst random enemies. Um, which is a very Mage thing to do, by the way. Uh, not exclusively Mage, but a very Mage thing to do. And not a very Rogue thing to do at all. And now all this is, is kind of happening. Uh, but whatever. It's a, it's a moderately powerful card. Uh, next up, we are doing Harmonic Hip Hop. Uh, another rare card. This one is a two-mana shadow spell. Harmonic Hip Hop. Deal one damage. Give your weapon plus three attack. Okay. Giving your weapon plus three attack. If you do it, let's say, on the same turn that you play a dagger, that would be four mana to deal one damage and put a 4-2 weapon on. Which is pretty damn good, right? Like, for Rogue, a little less good because it blocks your dot daggers in the future, but it's pretty damn good. That's why it's a C-tier card. You can also go the other way, right? Which is when it swaps. Uh, and then you deal 3 damage for 2 mana. Which is decent in and of itself. And then you also give your weapon plus 1 attack. Um, so both ways, they work. Uh, it's a C-tier card. Mostly because it's rogue. And the weapon like has a little bit of a... Of a like you, you, you value your face a lot, and whenever you put the weapon out, you can't dagger again in the next turn. So you're blocking your hero power a bit. But overall, it's a pretty flexible, like double removal. Um, after that, it is Rhyme Spinner. Rhyme Spinner is another rare card, it is a three mana, one, three rush. Which really sucks. But combo, gain plus one, plus one for each other combo card you've played this game. So this is definitely a card to play later. The problem with playing it later is that, I don't know, what are you going to do with like a 2-4 rush or a 3-5 rush or whatever? So you still got to play it at a time in which these stats matter, but you have to play some combo cards before. It just kind of depends on how much combo cards are in your deck, really. Um, but overall, it's not a great card, but it's not unplayable, right? As long as you play one combo card, then you're kind of good. Because three mana for a 2-4 rush, that's about a C. So, you don't have to wait too long for this to be like, okay. Um, alright. More rogue cards. Uh, let's go with uh, a common one. The last common rogue card is Mixtape. One mana. Discover a copy of a card your opponent played this game. This is a D. If your opponent played a card and it is super duper good, 
and you want it, one, they've played a lot of other cards before that probably, probably, and you can't really, you know, guarantee a discover of it. And two, you probably already lost the game because they played a super, super, super good card already before you. Um, so you're generally going to be getting a lower quality of card. Like normally, what do you want to do when you discover, right? You don't want to discover something that's already been played or already been affecting the game. You want to discover something bigger and better than that, right? You want to be discovering your like eight mana, nine mana, 10 mana bombs. This card just can't do it. So it's one of those rare discover cards that's like bad, um, despite only being one mana. And finally, you have a Record Scratcher. Record Scratcher is a epic weapon for the rogue. Three mana, two, two. Understated. Death Rattle, refresh one mana crystal. Okay. Doesn't quite solve the problem. Play combo cards while equipped to improve. All right. I mean, how many combo cards are you going to play, right? Probably not that many if you're playing this uh, weapon on three. As long as this weapon is out here, it's blocking your dagger. And at the end, you get a couple of extra mana. Oh, wow. Uh, this is pretty terrible. This is a D. <clears throat> okay. Now we're on to the uh, legendary cards. Uh, the minion is MC Blingtron. MC Blinktrung is a 5-mana 3-4 mech. Battlecry, both players equip 1-2 microphones. Your opponent's microphone increases all damage they take by 1. You have a normal microphone, so you, and microphones are 1-2, so they're daggers. So it's 5-mana for a 3-4 with a dagger, which is fine. You give your opponent a dagger too, which you'd rather not do, but your opponent's dagger, as long as it exists, increases all damage they take by 1, including during this turn, right? So it is also a, a weird way to get a little bit of reach. Um, ends up being a D plus, like it's fine. It kind of like does stuff, right? Like I'd rather have a Yeti than it, but it's just kind of a normal card. I'm sure there's combo-y ways to like, you know, deal a whole bunch of damage to them, like with Beatboxer or whatever, um, especially with, uh, with Rogue and the copying death rattles and all that stuff. Uh, but for Arena, this is just kind of a, a, a bad card that's not unplayable. Finally, for Legendary, the Legendary spell is Bounce Around featuring Garona. It is a 3-mana spell. Return all friendly minions to your hand. They cost 1 mana this turn. Uh, this is a F. It's all pure synergy. And on top of being pure synergy, you have to have a board. So... You're not going to get that much synergy, and it's kind of hard to get a decent amount of minions on the board. Like, this is three mana, and for all the minions you have to play back, it's one more mana each. So this is actually quite a hefty amount of mana uh, commitment. Uh, so you really got to get your, your, your money's worth, and, and it's just really hard in Arena to do this. That's Rogue. I don't know what Rogue is doing. It's... Like, their pieces are very, like, basic, right? Like, you look at the common cards. Mixtape, bad. Disc Jockey, fine, but you're just, like, comboing for more combo cards, right? Like, you're supposed to use it to, to get more combo stuff, which is fine. Um, mic Drop, 
you're, you're drawing cards. Again, you're just generating more and more of these smaller cards. Um, you have a bunch of stuff with your weapon. I Like, they're all fine, but they're not great, right? Like, Breakdance was your only A-tier card, and it's not... Like, it's, it's an epic card. So, it's just kind of a weak set for the Rogue. With no clear direction. I mean, constructed-wise, it has a clear direction. But in the arena, like, stack a couple more combo cards. It'll help you a little bit. But when Rogue is powerful, it's not because of these combo-y stuff. Whenever Rogue is powerful, it's because they just have raw power from, like, getting, like, your opponent's classes cards and discovers and stuff. Um, so this is going to be a pretty weak Rogue um, set, I think. All right. That's it for Rogue. We got three more classes to go. Shaman, Warlock, and Warrior. Hang tight. Be right back. Welcome back to the Lightforge Podcast Festival of Legends card review. We are on to Shaman. And Shaman is a good one. Rogue was not. If you just listened to Rogue as you probably did before watching this one, I'm sorry. That was not a good card review because they didn't give me good cards to review. It's not really my fault. Um, but Shaman is a totally different story. We said there were three S-tier cards in this set. We told you the first two quite early. The first one was in Death Knight. The second one was in Druid. Well, here's the third one. It is Shaman. And more important than the other two, one was an Epic. The Druid one was an Epic. The Tambourine and the Ripper was a rare in Death Knight. This S-tier card is a common. Remember how much of a big deal I made for Paladin when that was an A-plus tier card that was a common, Disco Mall? Well, there's another A-plus tier common card coming up, but this is the only common card that is S-tier. To give you an idea of what that means, um, the last common S-tier card, I don't know about the last, but the one I always think of is, is Bloodseeker in Hunter. Like, it just defines... Like, when you have a card that good seen that much, it starts defining your entire draft. Like, whether you have it or not, you start just, like, drafting with it in mind. And then if your class doesn't have it, you're, like, a totally different animal. Like, a, a much weaker and more pathetic animal. So anyway, this transformative card for Shaman, common spell, seven mana, pack the house. Summon a random 6, 5, 4, and 3 cost minion. Overload 2. So it's a 9 mana card that you could play on turn 7. And which means, because it's so good and so common, that every single shaman is always going to get to turn 7. And that on turn 7, you should expect to fill the whole board with a ton of crap. Um... Like, a ton of crap. Ton of crap. I see people in chat already doing this, but yes, let's add the numbers up. 6 plus 5 plus 4 plus 3 is 18. So you have 18 mana's worth of random stuff for 7 mana. It's, 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 it's very good. There's a reason it's S-tier. It wasn't that hard to figure out it was S-tier. This is super basic. Just add up the numbers. You are getting way too much stuff. Why is it like this? I guess the randomness of it makes it, like, okay for Constructed or whatever. 
Maybe it's a good base to start evolving from. I don't know. Uh, but in Arena, this is just ridiculous. And so Shaman is going to have this very clear point in every single game in which turn 7 comes along. Or maybe it becomes turn 8 or turn 9 if they absolutely have to remove something on turn 7 or something. And then they just fill the board with a ton of crap. That will be every game. You will have to deal with this. You will probably not be able to deal with this unless you happen to have a board clear. But if you do have a board clear against a shaman, you just you just hold it. You just keep it. Because they're going to pack the house and then you're going to board clear. You have to wait until you have two board clears to clear their board. And then wait for them to pack the house. And then you got to immediately clear their board again. There's no real weakness to this. Um, the weakness is the overload too. So if you play it on 7, then on turn 8 you cannot play an 8-drop. So you can't play the promo Drake, for example. Uh, that's about it. Just a ridiculously insane, insane card. Um, and uh, if you're drafting as a Shaman, you draft with it. Like, you don't have to have it in your deck. You draft as if you're going to get it. Because that is how you're going to win. You have to work with it. Okay, so let's pack the house. Uh, besides Pack the House, Shamans have other really, really good cards. They have an A-plus card um, in addition to this S-tier card. And the A-plus card is a rare minion. It is a Brass Elemental. 4 mana, 3-3, three, three, Rush, Divine Shield, Taunt, Wind Fury. That's correct. It has Divine Shield and Rush and Wind Fury. That means for 4 mana, it is dealing 6 damage and may live. And if it does live... It has taunt. It's really good. Also, by the way, uh, if you're just looking at it as a 4-drop, it is a 4-mana, three, 3-3 three with Divine Shield that has double rush. Like, just on turn 4. Um, it's just an insanely packed card. Like, I don't know what they're doing with Shaman. Did they, they, they maybe just, like, decided that Shaman could get more stuff than other classes. Like, I think that's just the design at this point for this set. They're like, Shamans, if other classes get eight units of power, your cards can get nine. And that is okay. I, I don't know how else they design these cards. They're not, like, difficult cards, right? They're not, like, cards that, like, happen to work really well and whatever. There's just a lot of, like, really powerful basic stuff. Um, alright. That's Brass Elemental. And we're not done yet. Shamans have even more power. Shamans have a A-tier common neutral. In addition to their S-tier common neutral. Like, this card would get so much more attention if it weren't for the fact that Pack the House exists and it's going to suck up all the attention. And that's uh, Flowrider. Flowrider is a 2-mana 3-2 Naga common. So, already normal 2-drop. Battle crime. If you're overloaded, discover a spell from your deck. That's right. If you're overloaded and you can overload on this turn or play your overload cards and then just play Flowrider the next turn, it is uninterruptible, undisruptible. You will always be able to discover a spell from your deck. I believe discovering a spell from your deck was like a priest card that cost like three mana or something. <laughs> like it was back in the day, right? These days it may only cost two mana. But it's a ridiculously powerful ability. And uh, this, you just kind of get it for free from this uh, 
uh, from this flow rider. Um, so yeah. And, and you know what spell you're going to discover from your deck? Maybe it is this spell that you're almost guaranteed to have in every single draft because it is a common card, S-tier card, and it has a boosted offering rate because it's in the latest set. Pack the house. And you know what Pack the House does? It overloads. So if you have the, uh, the, the Flow Rider, you can pack the house and then play your Flow Rider, get another pack the house. So as many Flow Riders as you have, you can, you can keep packing the house. Um, these are really basic arena combos in quotes because they're not really combos so much as they're just independently powerful cards that happen to work together uh and and it's super powerful super powerful okay uh there's another a tier card i'm not even done shamans have one more a tier card this one's an epic though uh but when i read what the card does you guys will be like what the hell have you never seen it it's a uh, melomania and it is a zero mana card spell. It says, each time you play a minion this turn, add a random shaman spell to your hand. Zero mana. So at whatever turn in the latest game, you want to play like three minions, which will almost always happen at some point. Uh, you could just play Melomania beforehand, and it's a zero mana card that generates you three shaman spells. I mean... What's holding it back is that you can't, like, even though it's zero mana, it doesn't cost any mana, you can't play it until later on, right? Unless you're, like, super desperate. Um, but yeah, like, super duper good. Um... Also, random shaman spells aren't the best. Shaman spells are good, but also some shaman spells are super situational and not good. Uh, but most are good. Um, okay. Uh, that's that. Those are the good cards. And uh, then there's a card that's like kind of in the middle here. We'll do we'll do this one next. Saxophone soloist is uh, the next card. It's an epic card. It is a 1-mana one 1-2 one Murloc. Battle Cry, if you control no other minions, add a Saxophone Soloist to your hand. So if it's an empty board, you can get another 1-mana one 1-2. One like, what do you do? Um, it's a C+. As a 1-drop, it works. Later on, I don't know. It's a 1-mana one 1-2 one as, like, almost a recurring hero power if you don't have the board is not terrible. Um, but it's not, like, super good or anything. Like, when you're dealing with just one drops, like, this is, it's fine. Um, okay. Uh, after that, we have a bunch of bad cards. So, shamans have really, really, really insanely good cards and really, really, really terrible cards. Nothing new here. This is just what shaman usually has. Uh, Chill Vibes is one of their common cards. After having an S-tier card and an A-tier card for their commons, this one's a D-plus tier card. It is a three mana card that is a frost spell. Restore eight health. Finale. Summon a three three elemental with taunt. So really you're just summoning a three three elemental with taunt. But you have to play with the finale and then you happen to get eight health somewhere. 
It's D plus. Not as good as a Yeti, but it's close. Um, it's a bear, right? <laughs> three three taunt. It's like a situational bear that happens to heal you. Eh. Um, then you have uh, Jazz Base. This is a rare card. This is your weapon. Three mana two two weapon. What? Why three mana two two? That's a that's a understated weapon. Death Rattle, your next spell costs one less. Overload while equipped to improve. So I think the idea is to ramp some of your larger spells. Like if you uh, if you overload a bunch for like, you know, you play Jazz Base, then you overload a bunch on turn four. Um, yeah. And then on turn five, you can play your Pack the House or whatever, right? Or even on turn four, if you can reduce the spell enough, which you probably can't. Uh, so probably on turn five. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to make you do with this, but it doesn't quite work in arena. It just doesn't do enough because you're not. You're probably not ramping your spells, and uh, and you don't. Your overload is not consistent enough in your hand for you to keep hitting the synergy, and it's just a, a very weak weapon. Um, so this is a D. Rare instance of a weapon being bad. Uh, finally, you have Altered Chord, 5 mana, Nature Spell, Life Steal, deal 5 damage to a minion, cost 3 less if you're overloaded. So cost 2 if you're overloaded. Now 2 mana, deal 5 damage to a minion, Life Steal, very good. So you gotta be overloaded. Otherwise, 5 mana, 5 damage to a minion, Life Steal, quite bad. Uh, this ends up being a D. Okay, so that is Shaman. I'm going to go over the legendary cards next, but the main thing you want to know about Shaman is Pack the House. You are going to have Pack the House. It's a 7-mana card, so you're probably going to be offered more Pack the Houses than you actually necessarily want to take, but it's so good that you have to take all of them. So every single Shaman deck you're building must take into account that you will have likely multiple 7-mana cards that then overloads that you have to like work into your deck so yeah it's it, it warps your whole deck building process um and if you're facing a shaman they still can't draw cards that's like the entire shaman thing right like shamans can't draw cards so there's always like a, a, a problem there um, even their flow rider right discover a spell from your deck it only has a two drop so it's just one card plus a 3-2. Uh, so there's none of that. The shamans are still limited in that, but they can put a bunch of tempo out onto the board in the in the mid-late game. They can, and they always have been able to, do huge swings and like get extreme efficiency on stuff. Um, there's not as much focus on RNG here as there is in some of the sets, which is nice, but oh my god. Like, what is, what is Pack the House? One card combos, right? So shamans are known for. Uh, okay, the legendary cards is uh, the minion is Inza. Inza is a fox that is playing a trumpet. Just in case you wanted to know, uh, it's a five mana five five battle cry for the rest of the game. Your overload call cards cost one less. That's that's not good. You don't have that many overload cards except for Pack the House. <laughs> uh, 
like for a set like this whole set is pretty focused on overload right like you you, you see that kind of as a, as a theme but this whole set also does not add any overload cards to shaman except for pack the house so you're gonna have to get overloaded from elsewhere and if you've played shaman lately you know that overload is not like rare but it's also not just everywhere and it's gonna get diluted out even more so anyway that's Inza. Your overload cards cost one less, but it's a five mana five five. It's not good. It's a D. Um, the spell though is called Jive Insect. It is a five mana fire spell. Transform a minion, also known as a, your totem, uh, into Ragnaros the Fire Lord. Overload two. So it is a seven mana rag that overloads for two instead of an eight mana rag. Um, and it is an A-tier card. Rag is pretty good still. Um, I uh, thought maybe it wouldn't age as well. And it's super random. Um, but it does okay. After calculating the scores for it again. It's still an A-tier card. It used to be like game winning, right? Like Rag used to be an S-tier card. Um, like when it comes out, you're like, what do we do? Just put a lot of stuff on the board and hit its face of prey, right? Uh, but... Um, Nowadays, it's still doing enough because your face is, is very valuable now. So if it's hitting eight damage to your face and you have additional cards to do swings, which you usually do, you can really put the opponent in danger very quickly. And if it's hitting the board, obviously, it's super good. Um, but yeah, but this also allows you to get a rag on turn five. If you transfer one of your, transform one of your like you know non-totem minions. Uh, so yeah, pretty good. Eight-tier card. Um, that's it for Shaman. <laughs> this is going to be powerful. It has an A-tier card and an S-tier card as two of its commons. That is, that is power. Like, no class gets even close. Yeah. It's kind of in a league of its own in terms of uh, in terms of the the power in its uh, in its uh, common cards for this set. So be prepared for a very powerful uh, shaman. Now I, I don't think it comes together. So I don't know. Maybe it won't actually be that powerful, and it'll just be one card like holding it together. Remember back in the day uh, when caverns first came out, it was problematic. Because it was caverns, and it won you the game if you played it on curve, and nothing anyone else can do about it. So it was not fun, no one liked it, but Shaman itself was not actually that powerful. Because its other stuff didn't quite come together, even though it had like the best card in the game that is not a legendary uh, at the time. So maybe it'll be the case of that again here, where you have some pieces and they don't quite come together... But I don't know. This all seems... Like, they have Brass Elemental too now. They just added too many pieces to the Shaman. Like, I can't see it not just, like, overwhelming opponents by, like, just having more stuff. More better stuff. Like, Synergy be damned. Right? Like, Curve be damned. I'm just gonna put so much stuff out there that you have to put Synergies out there. You have to have a really good Curve. Just to make up for the fact that I have better cards. Um, 
Okay. That's it for Shaman. And uh, we will see you back here with Warlock next. Until then, this is Zabukta. Welcome back. This is the Grinning Guild Lifeforge Podcast uh, Festival of Legends card review. We're almost at the end. This is Warlock. Warlock has a A-plus card coming in for uh, that is common. So that's pretty damn powerful, too. It's no S-tier card, but hey, it's common. Uh, and that is Opera Soloist. Opera Soloist is a 5-mana 4-6 demon. Battle cry, if you control no other minions, deal 3 damage to all enemy minions. All enemy minions. So, this is not, like, just a 5-mana Abyssal Enforcer. This is a 5-mana, almost on-curve minion that also does 3 damage only to your opponent's minions. Now, that's kind of a technicality. Because it's a soloist... It effectively deals damage to your minions too because you can't have minions, right? So, really, it is just a 5-mana Abyssal Enforcer that has two less stats. Um, and a, a conditional play. But you generally want to play your Abyssal Enforcer after you've traded all your minions in anyway, right? To get everybody down to, to that 3 range. Um, so, it's just really good. I don't know why they keep Power Creeping Abyssal Enforcer. Like, Abyssal Enforcer is still ridiculous even when it's coming back in the meta. Like, whenever it comes back into the meta, it, like, dominates. Like, any wild meta it's in, it dominates. Even with the, the modern cards. And here, between that Priest card and Opera Soloist, it's clear that Blizzard's like, oh, Abyssal Enforcer was, like, a back-in-the-day card, right? Seven mana, ooh. You know, this ability should only be six mana. Six, six that deals three damage to everything? That's gotta be only six mana. Uh, I don't know. Anyway... Opera Solos is going to exist. Oh yeah, they also reduced Hellfire to 3 mana from 4. So they just... Is that ability? Um, it's Opera Solos is going to be ridiculous. Super, super, super ridiculous. Um, and this is not one of those effects that... Like, you, you want a board or whatever, right? Like, you want to... Normally, before you play a Vessel Enforcer, you have traded all of your minions in. And then you play the Abyssal Enforcer. So this is really the same. But it comes out way earlier. And dealing 3 damage matters way more on turn 5 than on turn 7. So this is huge. And if you remember back in the Abyssal Enforcer days, what you do with Abyssal Enforcer, you have two things, right? If you're falling behind, Abyssal Enforcer kind of resets you and puts you in control and lets you push starting the next turn. If you are ahead, Abyssal Enforcer just ends the game. Because you have Abyssal Enforcer, that they already dealt 3 damage to them, and then you can push 6 damage the next turn. Opera Soloist can't do that. It only pushes 4 damage, and the 3 damage, it deals only to enemy minions, not to the enemy's face. So, it is significantly worse at doing that swing, push, face, end game. But it is equally as good, which means much better, because it's only 5 mana, not 7 at stabilizing the board. So Opera Soloist, for the aggressiveness, is not at the same level as Abyssal Enforcer, but for the defensive side, it really is. So that's what is advantaged by this uh, by Opera Soloist. Um, okay, 
After this, uh, there is uh, another A-plus card, uh, but it is an epic card, so you won't see it as much. Um, Craze Conductor, the second A-plus card for Warlock. Five mana, four, five. Battle Cry, take fatigue damage. Summon that many three, three imps. Um, so at minimum, you will summon one three, three imp. Right? You take their fatigue damage, it's one damage, you summon a three, three imp. That's five mana for a four, five, and a three, three. That's, that's really, really good. Um, if you have played another Fatigue card before, well, now you're taking more than that many damage, and you are getting more than that many imps. And it really builds really good for this Craze Conductor. It's an A-plus card. That being said, it's epic, right? So you're not going to see it that much. You're not going to put it that often into your deck. You will draft it pretty much every time you see it, but um, you just won't get the chance to. And that's what makes the next couple of cards like a little bit awkward. So we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about the other two cards that kind of work with it, right? This fatigue thing. So Baritone Imp is your base fatigue card. This is your common fatigue card. There is a, a common one, a rare one, and an epic one. We just went over the epic one, A+. It works without any kind of fatigue synergy. We're like really well without any kind of fatigue synergy and any kind of fatigue synergy just kind of blows it, like it makes it absolutely insane. So here's your fatigue synergy. Baritone Imp is a two mana two two. Battle cry, take fatigue damage, gain that much attack and health. So battle cry, take one damage at least, and then gain plus one plus one. So this is a two mana three three that deals one damage to you, like on turn two. That's very good. This one ends up being a beat. Now, you could take more damage and gain more health like later on, right? Like if you played a couple of fatigue cards, but really what the way this card is trying to function is just to be like a nice basic two mana three, three, like get that power out there, take a damage, gain a health. It's better than your normal trade-off uh, of like, say like flame it, right? Take three damage to gain one attack. Um, this one takes one damage and gains one health relative to your normal like two three card or whatever. Um, the uh, next card, the rare card that uh, takes fatigue damage, is Crescendo. Crescendo is a three mana fell spell. Take fatigue damage. Deal damage damage to all enemies. This is a C tier card. You are taking. One damage, dealing one damage to all enemies, that is terrible, right? Dealing one damage to all enemies should be like a 1.5 mana card, maybe? Not a 3 mana card. But you are, one, stacking fatigue damage, which other cards can take advantage. And two, you're not supposed to play this card until you've already played uh, Baritone Imps. Right? Your Baritone M should be setting this up. Because once this is at Fatigue 2, you are doing a Consecration and taking a Fatigue Damage. So even at 2, this becomes really, really, really good. 3 mana Consecration. I know 3 mana is the new Consecration because they buffed it. But that's ridiculous, right? Like Consecration at 4 mana is still probably like a B plus or A tier card. I haven't done the math. Um, but it's, it's still really good. So this is a 3 mana Consecration. You do have to set it up, though. You do need to have one of these other cards for this card to do anything. So it's only a C. 
but he does get really good. And uh, yeah, um, does the fatigue system work in Arena? Kind of. It's not amazing, uh, mostly because the engine that it all runs on is Craze Conductor, and that's an epic card. But if you get Craze Conductor early, yeah. And also Void Virtuoso, you're probably picking it anyway. So you're just kind of naturally like setting it up, which means you could maybe take Crescendo um, if you have enough of a setup. Uh, you'll get the hang of like when you can do a fatigue deck and when it doesn't really work. But it is arena viable. This is like this fatigue mechanic is not like, a, oh, it's just for constructed. It does do enough in arena. All right, um, let's talk about another card. Void Virtuoso, one mana, one three. This is your final common card in uh, in Warlock. It's a one mana, one three demon. During your turn, your hero is immune. Fine, that's nice. Save some health. Uh, then you also have a rare card. The last rare card. Uh, to, oh, not the last rare card. One of the rare cards is uh, Demonic Dynamics. Three mana, fell spell, discover two demons, finale, give them a plus one, plus two. This one ends up being a B as well. Uh, discovering two demons is okay. Like, it's not the most amazing thing. There are some really insane demons, but there are also a lot of not-so-insane demons. So, it's not like it's super stacked. Uh, but, finale, give them plus one, plus two, that immediately makes them super stacked. Because a plus one plus two would usually require you to add at least one more mana, if not like one and a half more mana, depending on what kind of demons they are. And the demons may be synergized. So this is like a very good card. Um, and it's a, it's a B tier. Okay, that's it for the good cards. We are now going to bad cards. And there are a few for Warlock. The first one is Dirge of Despair. Six mana, shadow spell, rare. Deal three damage to a character. If that kills it, summon a demon from your deck. Um, like, okay, you're gonna have crappy demons in your deck. Your deck is not gonna be so synergized that only really large demons are in your deck. So, this is not good. Uh, it's a D tier card. Deal three damage, summon a demon. Eh. Next one is Felstring Harp. Felstring Harp is a epic card um, and it is a weapon. Two mana, zero three weapon. So you get three charges of it. Whenever your hero would take damage on your turn, restore two health instead and lose one durability. Uh, so at worst, it'll effectively heal slash prevent damage for 12. And if you have any kind of synergies where you are taking like larger amounts of damage, um, where you're supposed to take larger amount of damage, this could prevent even more. Um, rated at a D. I don't even know if it's a D. Maybe it should be an F plus. It's just hard to figure out how much a purely healing card is worth. Right? Like, how much is 12 health worth to a Warlock for 2 mana? 
we have it as a D. Um, okay. Now we're moving on to the uh, legendary cards. Oh, yes. But, but yes, Felstray Harp is ridiculous in Constructed. It is, like, unnecessary in Constructed for so many things that the Warlock is trying to do. Uh, is it just in Arena, it's just 12 health. Um, okay. Uh, legendary cards. The the minion is Rin, Orchestrator of Doom. That is a 5-mana 3-6 taunt. Death Rattle. Both players draw 2 cards, discard 2 cards, and destroy the top 2 cards of their deck. That's pretty even. So you're just kind of like 5-mana 3-6 taunt, which is really bad. Like, yeah... Drawing two cards, it's a, it's a death rattle too, right? So if they kill you, uh, if they kill this minion on their turn, which they probably will, then they're actually drawing the cards before you. Um, but I guess you discard the cards sooner too. So it's, like, it's just all very even. So you end up with a 5 mana 3-6 taunt, which is not good. This ends up being a D. And the spell that is a legendary is Symphony of Sins. Oh my god, this took so much time to calculate. Symphony of Sins. Okay. It's six mana. It's a spell. It says discover and play a movement. Shuffle the other six into your deck. There are seven movements. I mapped out all their values. This card is an A tier card. It's actually a very well balanced premium uh, warlock card. You can discover and play a movement, and the movements are, all movements are three mana, okay, and they're all spells. I'm just going to run through what they do. First one, movement of envy, remove the top six cards of your opponent's deck, worthless. Second one, movement of pride, draw your highest cost minion, reduce its cost by six. So, card draw and uh, gain three mana. Uh, next one, deal six damage to all characters, whoa. Next one. Lifesteal. Deals 6 damage to the enemy hero. Next one. Give a random minion in your hand, deck, and battlefield. Plus 6, plus 6. This is huge. This is the main driver of the value. Next one. Draw 6 cards. You're a warlock. I don't know how much that matters, but... Next one. Summon a 6-6 six, six demon with taunt and reborn. Next one. Oh no, that's it. So those are your, your uh, Symphony of Sins. Those are your movements. So you're trying to discover one of the tempo-y ones, right? And then be able to do it. But you have no guarantees, right? They all do such different things. So you can't be like, oh, I want to remove a minion. Let's play Symphony of Sins and pick that one. Your chances of actually getting that as one of your three options is less than half. Your chance of getting any of these is less than half. And they all do such different things. So you are in this bad position where you just kind of have to take what the game gives you when you play it. But once you shuffle these things into your deck, any kind of card draw, including your hero power, becomes so good. Because so many of them add so much value compared to the like your normal card that you'll have in your deck. 
and you have added six cards into your deck. So you are going to draw some of them, um, even if you're not like focused on card drawing or whatever. And uh, that'll really help you. Um, if you're just playing it, make sure you have something on the board because you want to be able to take Movement of Gluttony, the one that adds plus six plus six to everything, on to, to one thing on your uh, board and one thing in your hand and one thing in your deck. You want that to be an option because that's one of the few tempo-y ones. You want to do that. You want uh, the possibility of getting the 6-6 six, six Demon with Taunt and Reborn. That's a normal tempo one. Um, and uh, you potentially want Movement of Pride, which is draw your highest cost minion, reduce its cost by six. That, you've just paid six mana, right? And then maybe this card is playable, maybe this card isn't playable, but at least you're going to get your tempo back the next turn. Um, so, or movement of greed. I'm well, not movement of greed because you're you're. Yeah, you're playing it first, so you can't draw any of the movements of movement of greed. So your three tempo ones that you're potentially using is movement of pride, movement of gluttony, and movement of sloth. And that is three out of seven, which means you're definitely, you're almost definitely going to be shown one of them. You can low roll and not be shown any of the tempo ones. And then maybe you just like take it, like deal six damage all. Because remember I said you should have a minion on the board because you want to take movement of gluttony. So maybe you take movement of wrath and you just clear the board and you go, okay, fine, right? Like, um, whatever. But you can definitely low roll them, right? Like if you're offered movement of envy, which does nothing, movement of desire, which does nothing, and movement of greed, which draws cards, like you're screwed. You can take whichever, but you're screwed. You've basically lost the game at that point. But if that doesn't happen, then you're doing really well with Symphony of Sins. So, it's an A-tier card. Alright. That's it for Warlock. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um, the Fatigue stuff is like kind of interesting, but also it's one of those things where it stacks up. So, if it stacks up to a certain point, you just win the game. And if it doesn't stack up to that point, you lose the game. Because you're playing very mediocre cards. Um, I don't like what they're doing with Opera Soloist. Like, this is the kind of, like, stuff. I really hate double-sided removal. And this is effectively a double-sided removal. And they're, like, setting it up in such a powerful way. And it's a common, too. So, if you're, like, just an arena player... I mean, they're forcing you into this swing game, right? This long swing game. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's Warlock. Alright. We'll see you guys for the next class after this. And um, until then, this is Zadlikta. Welcome back to the Lightforge Podcast Festival of Legends. Final card review video. This is... Uh, Warrior, if you have been listening to the chatter, reading the Reddits, doing whatever, you will know that Warriors did not come away from this expansion with a lot. Uh, people are angry, people are not happy about it, but uh, I'm here to tell you that in the arena, Warrior's not doing so bad. Like, all this stuff 
and this like you know oh warriors have such bad cards oh you can't possibly give warrior good cards that's like a constructed thing in arena this expansion warrior's been doing fine um and you'll see like it's not nothing special but but it's nothing terrible either there are certainly classes that have gotten less i am looking at you rogue um but yeah I mean, not, not one of the big winners, but you'll see. They do okay. So the first card, the best card that Warriors have, is uh, Drum Soloist. Drum Soloist is a common card, and it is rated A tier. 5 mana, 5-5 five, five dragon with taunt. Battle cry, if you control no other minions, gain plus 2, plus 2, and rush. So if you don't have other minions or you have traded them off already, it is a 5 mana 7-7 seven, seven rush that gets taunt, you know, after the rush. Uh, that's really good. That's just flat out really good. No, nothing much to really like say there. And it's common, so you'll see it a lot. For warrior especially, rushes, very good. Because weapons are one of their only ways of removal. And any other way of having initiative is very welcome. Uh, the other A-tier card that Warriors have is uh, an epic card, Spell, Bridge Riff, 6 mana. Summon a 3-4 Rocker with Taunt and a 4-3 uh, with Rush. Finale, play your last Riff. We were talking about Warlocks and their whole fatigue thing. This play your last Riff thing is going to be the Warrior analog to it. So let's look at this first. This is the best Riff. For 6 mana, you get a 3-4 and a 4-3. One has Rush, one has Taunt. That's already super good, right? Like, even without Finale, you've already gotten your uh, your mana's worth of stuff. So the Finale, playing your last Riff, is just a bonus. So what is your last Riff, right? If you have Bridge Riff, and you played a Bridge Riff, and you played another Bridge Riff, then you would get double the stuff on your second one, right? Your first Bridge Riff would, have a, would summon two minions, and your second Bridge Riff would summon four minions. So it could be super good. In Arena, it's not really that good because Bridge Riff is epic, so it's unlikely that it'll be your last Riff. It might. And in fact, the off chance that it might is actually improving a lot of the values of these other cards. So your other Riff cards are... Let's go find the Riff cards. Chorus Riff, which is the rare uh, card. And Chorus Riff is a B-tier card. Three mana, spell... Draw a minion, give it plus two, plus two. Finale, play your last riff. All the riffs have finale, play your last riff. So, three mana to draw a minion, obviously really, really bad. Give it plus two, plus two. Obviously, like, this is just kind of, like, not a good card. Uh, but you are also playing your last riff. So besides your first riff, every riff afterwards, you get an extra play of whatever the thing is so what is your last riff from chorus riff it could have been another chorus riff it could have been a bridge riff or it could be your common riff your common riff is a verse riff the verse riff is the worst riff and it is only rated a c um it's two mana give your hero plus two attack this turn gain two armor finale play your last riff so this is the one that gets memed on a lot. Two mana, give your hero plus two attack is, is kind of laughable. Gain two armor. Like, what, 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 what is happening here? Uh, this is under, um, under-tempoed. It doesn't do anything. Blah, blah, blah. But the whole point of this is that you're supposed to play your last riff. So even if you just play a verse riff at some point, the next time you play any of the cards, like let's say when you play your second verse riff, 
Then, that is a 2 mana, plus 4 attack, gain 4 armor. Which is then like a totally okay card, right? So besides your first one, everything else becomes a totally okay card, even if it's just copying the burst rift. If it's copying one of these other rifts, it becomes a really good card. And because this synergy with the bridge rift exists, you're, you're, you really may be onto something. Um, and in case you're wondering, like, oh, how am I ever going to get these cards? There's still Discover Spell stuff in the game, right? Like, you still have your Ghost Rider. That is a common neutral card that will discover you two spells. Um, there are ways to get Bridge Rift besides just actually drafting it. So, the synergies are there. They're not super plentiful. But these are, like, Rifts are not, like, dead on arrival in the arena. Um... Like, I think a lot of people look at these cards and they're like, oh, you're never going to play another Rift, right? Like, why would you draft any Rifts at all? Uh, you're just like, this Rift might as well say 2 mana, give your hero plus 2, attack this turn, gain 2 armor, and that's it. With no finale, because you won't have another Rift to have played last. I, I don't think so. I think you're going to be able to discover enough and draft enough Rifts that the Rifts are going to be able to chain. Now, they're not going to be great, right? Like, Verse Rift is still a C... Chorus Rift is a B, Bridge Rift is an A, but that's because Bridge Rift is good by itself. Um, but they're also not like untouchable cards. Because the finale is going to come into play more often than not. Okay, so those are the Rifts. Um, besides that, what's the other common card? The other common card that Warriors have is a Razorfin Rockstar. This one is a 1-mana one 1-3 one kill bore. Uh, after you gain armor, gain 2 more armor. Whatever. Uh, it ends up being a C-plus card. And um, what other rare cards do we have? We have... Oh, we have the weapon. Uh, the warrior weapon is a uh, Kotohide drum kit. 4-mana, 3-2 weapon. That's not that great. Uh, Death Rattle, deal 1 damage to all minions, gain armor while equipped to improve. So your hero power gains armor, which means you can always gain armor if you really want to. And uh, have that board clear at the end go even higher. Uh, also a lot of cards give you armor as the warrior. So this ends up being a B plus. Um, it's not like a great weapon, but it's a serviceable weapon. Even if you don't upgrade it, I like it. Uh, besides using the hero power on the next turn, um, you're still spending six mana altogether to deal three damage, three damage, that's six damage, and then two more damage to all minions. Like, that's still a lot of damage, even though you're taking some to the face. Um, so, it's a little awkward to use, but it is quite powerful in terms of just its raw power. Uh, what else? Power Slider, 3 mana, 1, 2, Rush. Battle Cry, gain plus 1, plus 1 for each minion type you've played this game. Um, so, probably not an on-curve card, but later on in the game, guaranteed to be a pretty good card, because you're going to play plus 1, plus 1 of some minion types. I usually estimate 3 different minion types if you're playing this at a reasonable time, uh, but it could be 4. And uh, even if it's 3, this becomes a uh, Rushing Yeti. Right, for three mana in like the mid to late game. That's still pretty good. Um, this one comes out to be a B. And um, 
okay, now we're on to the uh, epic cards. The epic cards. Roaring applause. Uh, two mana, draw a card, repeat for each minion type you control. Um, this one is a B. You have to control minion types, but you only really need one, right? If you play a minion that has a tag and then play Roaring Applause on the same turn, because remember, it's a card draw card. You're not playing until later anyway. You're going to have plenty of mana. Um, then you draw two cards. Two mana, draw two cards. That's pretty good. Um, on the off chance that you have two types of minion that you control, you can do two mana, draw three cards, which is really good. Um, so this one ends up being a B. Bit situational, but the situations aren't that hard to trigger. It's just a late game card. And the, uh, yeah, the other epic one we already did, which was the Rift. So that's it for the Warrior cards. Look, there's nothing amazing happening here on the Warrior card, but the Drum Soloist, that 5 mana 7-7 seven, seven rush, is pretty damn good and can kind of anchor uh, the class. Um, it's definitely not one of the classes that has done, like, it's not in the top half of classes as far as, uh, getting good cards goes in this expansion, but it's certainly not the worst either, and not like definitely not like the worst to a memeable degree. That's for constructed stuff. For arena, it's just not good, right? It's just plain not good, and that happens. That happens. Um, I'm trying to like look back at uh, at warriors. Uh, in, in the prior ones. Okay, Warriors didn't do so well in the arena in the last set either. Uh, what about in Murder? Warriors did fine in Murder. That's when they got imbued Axe. So that wasn't that bad. And uh, Sunken City? They did not do good in Sunken City. Oh god. That was bad. So okay. So overall Warriors in Standard is... It's definitely one of the weaker classes. But this set, again, it's one of the weaker classes. But it's not the weakest. And it's not to a ridiculous degree. And the more we are in standard, the more that warrior hero power doesn't hurt. Because the more everybody can't hero power anymore. Because everybody's hero power besides warlock sucks. Uh, and demon hunter. Um... So, no one's using those hero powers anyway, except in a very situational way. Oh, I guess and Hunter. So, okay. So, there's still some good hero powers out there. But most hero powers kind of got left in the, by the wayside. Um, Alright. That is Warrior. And, you know what? This was quicker than I thought. Oh, no. We have uh, two more cards. We have the legendary cards that we haven't done. I was like, why is this so fast? Uh, legendary minion for Warrior is Rockmaster Voon. 4 mana, 4, 3, battle cry, copy a minion of each minion type in your hand. Um, okay, I mean, this is, you're, you're paying for it, right? It's a 4 mana, 4, 3. So you better get some minions with minion types, and they better be worth it. Um, this ends up being a C. I think you're going to get a couple cards, but they're minions, and who knows if they're, like, good or not. Uh, you have to have some insane card draw to be able to really set it up, so it's more like... You can copy definitely one card, maybe two cards. And if you copy three cards, some of them are going to be bad cards that you're copying. And finally, the last card is the spell, Black Rock and Roll. Five mana, fire spell. Give all minions in your deck attack and health equal to their cost. 
that's a lot, right? Like, that makes a Yeti uh, uh, 8-9. So, it's, it's very good um, for the long game. But, it does take up a card. And, what if you draw spells? What if you draw, like, weapons? It doesn't buff any of them. So, it ends up being a D. Uh, I don't really think that between the five mana that you have to make up and the loss of a card, that you'll have enough space to get it back. Um, but maybe you will, right? Maybe you have a deck that can guarantee a lot of, like, survivability and, and it's relatively minion-heavy and, like, taunt-heavy. Um, and, yeah, and maybe you could get all that value. But I think overall it's kind of a trap in that... You don't quite get the value back before you're dead. Alright. That is it now. All cards. All 145 cards. Reviewed. Scored. See you guys in the arena. Um, we have three S-tier cards. Pack the House for Shaman. Timber Tambourine, which is an epic card for Druid. Arcanite Ripper, which is a rare card for Death Knight. Uh, we have a few A-plus cards. The ones that matter are probably the, the common ones, which is Disco Mall for Paladin. That's going to be huge. And uh, Opera Soloist for Warlock. That one's going to be huge too. So uh, those, are, uh, those are your top class cards. And on the neutral side, we are waiting to see when Paparazzi will be banned. Um, Ghost Rider's really good, but probably won't be banned. And the Concert Promo Drake, I really want to be banned, but I could probably live with it if it's not. We'll see. We'll see about that card. This is, uh, this is the we'll see card. But make no mistake, when you get into the arena on Tuesday, it will be bad. It will be bad because of paparazzi. And there's nothing much you can do about it. It may be fun, but it will be bad for any kind of competitive play. And uh, you're just going to have to, to live with that for a bit. Because we all know paparazzi will be banned. It's just a matter of when. And um, until then, there is no competitive play in the arena. And we all have to just kind of accept it. Just go in, have fun, learn the new cards, and await for the, for the real meta to start. Which is whenever they nerf the offering rate of this card to that of a legendary. Alright. Um, that's it. Thank you guys for staying with us. I want to give a big shout out at the very end to everybody who has been helping. Um, that, you know, includes our mods, our YouTube team, our Patreons. Um, brand new for trying to get me my second cup of coffee and, and it kind of failing to, to, to Murps. For, for being here for the first and most important video of the first three cards that we reviewed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's all I can think of right now. It is very tiring. Uh, it is very tiring. It is very tiring. Ah, it is almost 2 a.m. and I am going to grab some sleep. Uh, until next week. Oh, um, I'm streaming on Tuesday night. Um, when the expansion launches and again Friday night 
And then the next LifeWorks podcast will be Sunday, as usual. And we will be in the meta and talk about whether we're right or wrong or how things feel or how quickly paparazzi needs to be banned. Until then, this is Abukta. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.